You can see me talking, but you can't hear me talking, and that's the thing. Um, oh, that's it, that's it. <laughs> that's a cool way to start the show, hey? Well, I got to, um, sorry, what was that? Yeah, that was such a cool way to start, that's pretty cool. Oh, thank oh you. yeah, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, we, we always have to have the music to start we off have, with. We have, we have a little dance, you know, just get warmed yeah, up. <laughs> have to drop, yeah, we have to drop the beat. Um, anyway, welcome to um, Black Opalypse. Oh, man, I'm sounding like Simon, ain't I? Um, <laughs> welcome to Black Oplips. I mean, um, yeah, man, that's it. I'll do it. No, no, it's Black Oplips podcast media now. That's what it is. Uh, with oh, the, okay, okay. The, the, the horseman crew, I guess. What was that, Nigel? Because I, I, I think I froze then, you know. I'm gonna, I might, I might have to jump onto my own phone, but I'll see how I go for now. Right, yeah, it's okay. Anyway, so what we've established is um, Rotendo. Pretend that. Pretend that. No, Pretend that. Oh, oh, oh. It's not at the end. It's not at the end, but it's, it's ah. It's not, is it? It's ah. Hey, look, man. No, you don't make the <laughs> rules. Okay. You told me your name. Is, is it Retenda? It's Retendo with an O. Oh, Retendo. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Let me just clean out my, let me just clean out my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Slick. Why? Anyway. Oh, and so, I do apologise, I do apologise. So, so anyway, today we've got um, Nigel. Uh, Nigel's the guy with a white t-shirt. We've got Simon. Simon's the guy in the kind of, like a burgundy, pink t-shirt. Is, 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 <laughs> is, is this going out in black and white? Oh, yeah, good question. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyway, we've got Nintendo. Nintendo is our special guest from uh, South Africa, and that's great because I've been searching for someone who could tell us a little bit about the motherland for a while. And I know you said, I know you said that uh, you're not the last word, obviously, of what happens in Africa, but we're just going to ask you some simple questions and let us get your perspective because it's um, not normal for us to speak to someone who's in Africa directly, you know what I mean? That, that doesn't happen much for Europeans, especially European yeah. black people or Pan-African people, if that's what you want to call us. So, we do um, tend to speak to a lot of um, uh, black folk in the US um, and in Europe, obviously. So it's not like we don't speak to black folks when we're talking about black issues and stuff. But it's just that in general, we talk so much about Africa as a continent and individual places within Africa. Yeah. But we very rarely get the chance to get guests on from Africa. And we've probably got a barrage of questions. So uh, make yourself comfortable. Fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, massive right. disclaimer, like, just please remember, I'm not the poster child representation of yeah. the entire just putting that out there. <laughs> I'll you answer have your own South African experience, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have your own South African experience, I so have you have. You can only. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, of course, of course. I want to start off with my stupid idea. No, the stupid thing I always say at the start of the show. You know, I always call it something stupid. And this this week, I've had an epiphany. Really. <laughs> 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 Hey, listen, you know, I was listening to this, you know, this song, um, it's actually currently, has, it's been number one for a long time, it's not number one anymore, I don't think, it's um, somebody to hear, somebody to love, somebody to, you Oh, know, that is beautiful. Yeah, I know, my rendition is terrible, but you yeah, know the big song. Big tune, man, big tune. I don't, I don't even know what tune you're on about, brother. 
Oh, let me wind this one up. <clears throat> What's the words, Ray? <laughs> you need somebody to. I need I somebody so. to love. Somebody <laughs> to hold. Oh, somebody to know. Court, da, 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 da. You know the song? I don't no. know that song, man. Seriously. Oh, no, but with that no, perfect, no. perfect re- like, recreation. If I'm honest, I don't listen to much radio apart from when the wife's driving. So. I don't, wow. hear, I, don't, I don't hear these new tunes unless I find to what now I haven't heard that I don't, I don't hear pop music in my eyes <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> no you know basically that song is that remember Maya He I think uh, yeah. Rotando actually fought, picked up on that and that's what I realised it's just Rotando um, it's that um, song Maya He Maya yeah. Ho Maya Ho oh. Maya Ho but that remember and that song that was popular just recently that one with the guy with the raspy voice man and he's like somebody to hold I just wanted to say somebody to hold it's exactly the same song I know I'm sorry guys put your headphones off put your headphones off now. can I meet you <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to know. Sorry to know. Now that you say that, it actually you can hear the similarities, but I do yeah. actually know. Well, a lot, a lot, a lot of hit records have got the same <clears throat> composition behind all the flow. You know that you guys are musicians, man. But you yeah, know, but I just want pop, pop music is created. It's a format. It's a formula. Yeah, I just wanted to point it out, though. You know that that's the. <laughs> what, was no, point, what, what was he pointing out? Oh, it was similar to that. Well, I pointed out that pretty much the same song and that musicians will continue forever to rip each other off and say that was my song and I made it back. Oh. All of these stolen melody and yeah, um, then, you know, recovered it, repackaged it and said, yeah, this is my song, which not to um, diminish how beautiful song is because it really is nice, but, you know, it's just one of those things. Isn't it? That's I mean, you, that- you, you saying that, um, I didn't really appreciate Motown until I became older and started to go into more weddings where they seemed to play Motown, especially certain people's weddings. Um, and I started eating these tunes. I was like, hold on a second. Biggie Smalls didn't mix of this or Big Daddy yeah, K didn't yeah. mix of this. Mm. If you think about it, you, the most original music, I think, in terms of original, is probably from the 40s to the 90s. Just before no, nah, that's too far. I would say the fourth. Nah, because because then the thing is, what you got to remember is they had to play this stuff on instrument. There's none of this electronic. No, not no, but eighty after the seventies. After seventies, it was like electronic music coming in. So I would say it's the forties. Yeah, yeah, forties. Not even the forties. Oh, I would say I reckon. Yeah, original music was always championed. I mean, there was always people recreating. I mean, like you only have to go and look at someone like Beethoven and people reciting these symphonies like straight back from pretty much the time when he was probably still alive, let alone when he was dead. Um, so, like, you know, we've got a history of doing that. Um, but yeah. what happened, like, like Al Stalio said, is sort of in the 70s, um, there was basically digital, well, not digital, there was analog sampling that happened. So when people would started to take bits of actual other songs and, inco- um, and sort of put them in their own tunes, before that they maybe would have played the instruments and recreated it. But what they'd do in the 70s, and again, a lot in the 80s, especially with, like, a... A lot of sort of urban dancing, Ele- electro, electro, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it was a big yeah. change in music. And it, I think now what's happening is that the music that's created, and I mean, this is uh, down to opinion, I guess. Um, but with, with the way music's created now, modern music doesn't have the same appeal. You know, if it isn't ripping anything off, it just doesn't have the same sort of appeal. And people are just as susceptible now in this day and age to the classic tunes that we had when we was growing up and what we heard. 
So that uh, you know, when you listen to something like "Regulate" by Warren G, and you hear that start, you know, the start of tune coming, you love that. Now that tune's big, you know, like someone did a modern tune with that in the background, or something like you know, uh, in England we had Storms to do um, uh, a cover, and he had uh, that song "Dirty Cash." In it, you know, you know that money talks. Money talks, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kill, that tune, killed, killed that song, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, they do, and they and they do. I mean, you even had the crazy frog doing Axel Foley and that. You know, I mean, Axel F and stuff like that from the eighties and that. Kill, so kill, a lot of, kill the song, man. <laughs> exactly. So a lot of our songs, I mean, they have been ruined by modern people, but at the same time, um, I think it just shows how good our music is. The fact that the, the songs that are not being sampled now are not songs from like the early 2000s. We're talking like classics, like, like you mentioned earlier, Motown tunes, funk tunes, uh, funk's really Motown, in at the moment. Motown, man. Some of them Motown songs, man. Boy, serious, yeah, man. man. I'm talking yeah. from the soul, you know. From the soul. Isn't that, isn't that also just a time period thing? Because, uh, and, and generational, because anyone could say, look, music from even before the 70s, people could go into the 60s and the 40s. It's just kind of like, where you where you're born and what generation of music we're in um yeah. so like my younger sister is seven years younger than me but she can still play a whether it's a motown track or like yeah. a jazz yeah. track like listen like madonna like from yeah. madonna like original original oh, tracks you know. yeah 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 belong to them only because she's within the same generation of you know my parents who even listen to that kind of music yeah um, but also like on the on the classical music side of things so like I grew up like I'm classically trained and grew up listening to a lot of classical music also wow. debate Beethoven was wow. black <laughs> Beethoven's black Beethoven, did you not hear that that we were like Beethoven was black no no like, told me that we must look at that Beethoven's black I'm going straight on Google now <laughs> But even like listening to like classical music and stuff, like if you listen to instrumentals of like like incredible pieces or like I listen to a number of film scores, if they were um, kind of just written in a pop version or well, you take a you take a famous pop song or hip hop song and you put a classical spin on it, suddenly people are like, oh, this moves me in a different way. Yeah, it's yeah. just the way that instrumentalists or musicians interpret music. Yeah. And the listener also as well, and the, and the listener. Because and the listener. Yeah, because like you say, what will probably tend to happen is, especially if you've got unintentional bias or, you know, we talk, we're talking a lot about racism recently in the news. How many, um, I want to say white folk, how many white folk would hear a tune, not realise it's a black tune because a white artist has done a cover of it? <laughs> you know, oh, like, God, that, that's gone on for years, man. Yeah, so like it's it's the money scene, like you know, you sometimes I'm not, I'm not trying to go on to, be, oh man, don't even get me started with the Beatles too. The Beatles too. Uh, the father of, of 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 rock and roll. I mean, come on, give me a break, man. Like <laughs> seriously, I mean, like I ain't gonna discount the man's cr like credentials, like as in uh, being a, a hell of an artist. But geez, we, we, we was about thirty years before that. Like, I'm sure rock and roll was going to <laughs> in the face. A, 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 a lot of what he um, early forties brought into it was what he'd seen. The coloured people doing it, the dances Fresh, that he talked to and watched. So he, you yeah. know, what I mean, he's like, yeah, man, these guys can move, man. That's that's why that's why the white folk loves him because he could dance. He yeah. kind of he dispelled a myth for them. <laughs> but I couldn't love us for it. It was like, nah, man, we need a white fella to do this, man. But do you know the thing is the beautiful thing about it? Because I don't want to go on like a negative thing about race. We've got plenty to ask probably to to do with probably race and apartheid and stuff like that. We'll probably get onto a bit later mm. on. Um, 
but like in terms of like appreciation, I think one thing that any anybody on any side of walk of life will appreciate is that white people really do love black music. They love it. Even if they can't stand black people, they love it and they will play it on their own if they have culture in it. Love our music. You know what it is though? You know what it is? If you think of like the classical tunes from what would have been, I don't know, from the eras, the middle ages and that, they didn't have drums. It was all like ting, 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 ting. You went to Africa and you hear it. People are shocked. People are shocking out, you know, and they thought to themselves, what are they doing? Hardcore I could wear like two steps, then stop, then turn, then two steps, then pop. These hey. drums, and the woman didn't realize is that the drum was how you dance because you just followed the beat, man. But if they couldn't get their heads around it. What, what's, this, what's this beat I keep hearing? Ooh. Hey, I got a <laughs> you, actually. Do you know that um, when, uh, obviously, when the Africans went to America and the white folks were like, what are these guys doing, man? You know, because they took the drums with them and they took all the drums away, and that's how they created tap dance. You know that? Okay. Tap dance oh, was a different go. variation of drums, man. That's why they could do so good. Oh, so when you guys oh. look at TV and watch the white dude, white dude do tap dance, it was actually invented no, by some amazing black tap dancers, man. And it was big, yeah. especially in America, like I say, especially in the South and stuff like that. It was huge. And is I encourage anyone who actually hasn't watched um, early, say, 30, 30s or 40s tap. Like that's when it was probably the heyday, probably in the 50s, actually. And it was mm. still very, very big and it inspired people like Fred Astaire and a lot of uh, white sort of um, people to take on tap. And if you go into any sort of classically, uh, classic dance studio these days, tap will always be on, on, the, uh, on this curriculum because, you know, it's always, you know, ballet, jazz, tap, you know, mm. and whatever. It's, tap is so instrumental because the footwork involved Set you up so well to do any other form of dance. It's just literally mm -hmm. like, like you say, it's it's learnt and it has come from our culture. And I think it, that's an amazing thing to celebrate as alongside many other things. Um, but yeah, man. But Tundo, can I ask you a question? You said you're classically trained. You classically trained piano player, I guess, pianist. Flautist, flute. You ever played uh, Pavan? <laughs> you ever play? You never played Pavan. Pavan. Oh, Parshabel's is he Parshabel? No, not Cal that's Canon. Any Canon? No, Pavan, Pavan. Uh, Wait, I'm gonna. You don't know what it is. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm gonna see if I, I can. Right, I'm, gonna if, I'm gonna see if I can quickly. Um. Uh. Oh, that sounds terrible. What? Put it in a normal piano sound. Can you? Hear it? I'm playing the piano. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to see if I can play it. Pickles in this chair. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't played it so long, man. I haven't played. I can't remember it, but you know, you know this song. Yes, 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 yes. That's, 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 that's have some love, love story film from back in the day. Maybe, but it used yeah, to be that was your, that was a song I was asked to play um, in school with my teacher, and it and it was with flutes, you know, and the the women oh. played the flutes, and I was playing the piano like dee, dee, dee. Oh, that was back oh, in the wow. day. Wow. Okay. Okay, that's great. Anyway, let's move on to our guests because you know we're born with music and music's not interesting, especially this week. We got we got a woman from Africa here, man. Why we want oh, South Africa? Sorry. Actually, this is the first time we could actually say we got a woman in Africa. Africa. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, a lot of people, like he said earlier, a lot of people will just generalize and say, yeah, Africa. I've been to Africa, although they've been to Tanzania, they've been to Senegal, mm. they've been to Gambia, they've been to Mozambique. It, now we've got a woman who's actually from South Africa, so we can actually use the word Africa. 
to describe where she's from, as opposed to most most cases you should say, I actually went to, I don't know, mm-hmm. Morocco or, I don't know, Togo. Wherever. Anyway, so, so you, quick, sorry? Uh, so I'm, I'm born in Zim, Zimbabwe, raised in South Africa. So okay. uh, I'm, not, I'm not within the entire continent, but yes, I am on the <laughs> south side. <laughs> I'm very south. Of Africa. <laughs> Zimbabwe. It was Zimbabwe. Both South, they named it South Africa. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Rhodesia, wasn't it? Yeah. That was Zimbabwe, isn't it? Yeah. Zaire, yeah. Zaire was, uh, where was Zaire now? Was that? Um, Congo. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure Zaire was Congo. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah. Anyway, I've got to jump in with a question straight away, actually, if, if you don't mind me cutting into your thing, because you just said that you're from, you have Zimbabwean heritage. Um, I've got a lot of Zimbabwean friends, but I was speaking to a, a, um, a mixed race girl and she has no Zimbabwean heritage. She has an adopted, a, 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 her father was sort of um, adopted, but he was from Zimbabwe. Uh, sorry, he was, from, he was from Africa, sorry, but not Zimbabwe. He wanted to give her a, a strong name that represented a strong uh, a strong female, obviously female name, but an African <laughs> name as well. And the name that he chose was an actually a Zimbabwean name, and it's brought her a lot of attention because um, basically what's happened is people have said it's disrespectful for her to hold this name. And I was wondering if you knew about this name and if you could tell us anything about it. But her name is Nahanda. Nahanda. Um, Nahanda. Apparently, this this Nahanda was like um. A uh, historic figure in, in, in Zimbabwe, I, think, I don't know if she was like a queen or empress or something like that. And people say that if you almost say her name, it's probably equivalent of saying you know, Jesus Christ to, to somebody, and uh, to a Christian in the UK maybe, and they're taking it offensive. Um, but apparently, yeah, she's received a lot of attention, good <laughs> and bad, just because her name is Nahanda. And it's a Zimbabwean name, apparently. Very maybe I'll start there, I can have a look. I did not know that, but I'm going to look that up. Interesting. Uh-huh. Cool. Uh, no, I, I, I cannot answer on that. <laughs> That's all right. That's cool. But yeah, it was just a quick question. Sorry, I'll tell you. But I will say, I mean, like on the naming of, of children or, or names uh, have a lot of meaning in a lot of African countries. Definitely in, I mean, from in Zim, definitely in South Africa, there is a lot of weight that your name carries. Um, you'll find it even with a lot of Zimbabwean uh, people born from Zim or who are named, uh, who have Shona names or Ndebele names, there's usually a story behind it, um, okay. which I think is the beauty of it. So you'll find like Zimbabwe names, some of them are like directly translated. So, I mean, my old sister's name is Tatenda, which means thank you. Uh, my name is Ratenda, which means we are thankful. Um, <clears throat> some Zimbabwean parents will name their children uh, the English equivalent of the name they would have given them. So it'd be like, you know, Loveless or Lovemore. <laughs> Very interesting and intriguing names. Like, <laughs> so, promise, like Promise. I, said, I heard someone called Promise and promise. stuff like this. Yeah, but they're... Good Luck, so, like Good Luck as well is one, you know, that I heard. You know, you know what I mean? These names are... But it's so beautiful because I think uh, it's attached... Names aren't just given. It's not like, like oh, I think thingy, I think this name is a pretty name. There is actually a lot of uh, meaning behind the names and, and, and you carry that uh, yeah. as you live, as you walk in your life. You carry the meaning of your name as well. Okay. That's so cool. No, so, um, I, I actually named my daughter Shani. 
that's a pretty uh, a Swahili origin, Swahili origin. Uh, do you speak Swahili in South Africa? Does it have a variety, uh, variation of it at all? No, in our, in, so there are 11 official languages in South Africa and Swahili is not one of them. Um, but, <laughs> but the Lion King features Swahili. Not said in South Africa. <laughs> isn't it, actually, isn't that fact though? It's not Akuna Matata, isn't it Akuna Mazuzu? Akuna Matata, actually, yeah, it means, it means no worries. So uh, in Tanzania, they speak Swahili. Yeah, that's where I got it from because I've been to Tanzania and they said, well, well, a girl I knew who spent a lot of time in Tanzania. But the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, quite often actually, like literally, like they're just, it's so relaxed. They're so chill. Well, on Zanzibar, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah Zanzibar, yeah, yeah. Actually, all of it, to be fair, it was nice, man. I love that. So you got 11, actually answer one of my questions, 11 official languages. So can you name me some of these languages? Wow. English, uh, Afrikaans, I believe is one of them. Afrikaans. English. I can't name them all, but English, Afrikaans, Kosa, Zulu, Swati, Pedi. <laughs> I forgot the rest. You speak, <laughs> you speak all of them, or the one with the clicking? Eh? The Kosa, is that the one with the clicking when they the talk Kosa, as well? Yeah, Kosa has a lot of clicking. Um, the, the African language, there's so much beauty in African languages, I'm not going to lie. For sure. Um, I, so, someone born in Zim, raised in South Africa, I can understand Shona and speak very broken Shona. I can understand minimal Kosa <laughs> and next to no Zulu. Um, and Afrikaans because, I mean, it was part of our education system uh, in South Africa to learn Afrikaans. Uh, though I think they should have switched that up with like an African language because, yeah, sure, sure. you know, culture and, and preservation of, especially of languages and of culture. Um, as one progresses and progresses, the one thing that I that I feel we don't hold on to enough is culture, or that we don't teach enough of is culture. And eventually, you end up only doing things in the context of uh, being in a specific cultural setting, and then it's yeah. like, oh, now what we do. Whereas I feel like, especially on the educational side, if you can take that up until like the way I know Afrikaans, only because I had to take it up until. Um, the trick I would have loved to know Tosa or Zulu up until that point, yeah. as opposed to Afrikaans. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, may I ask a question leading on from that? Um, so, my question I was going to ask a little bit about uh, apartheid in South Africa, but one thing I wanted to definitely find out about is more after um, obviously uh, black people got power back or the uh, is it ANC that got pay, power back. Is that, um, did I get that right? Which is uh, yeah. the party that got power back? Yeah. Is so, it the ANC? Yes, the ANC. Okay, so when they, when they got power back, um, and obviously uh, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot more black people got into politics and got, you know, uh, not just Nelson Mandela, but I guess there was more black representation in government. Did that sort of change what, was being taught in the schools over there because I can imagine that they had a, Brit a very British curriculum that was teaching even history the whitewashed way, I would say, where everything was discovered and nobody was ever killed or pillaged or anything like that. And um, did that change? And was there more African or black African subjects or, or emphasis on yeah. black history? So, in uh, you've frozen a little bit, but. Oh, sorry. Uh, 
you've all frozen. Oh, now you're unfrozen. Sorry, you were frozen a bit. Did you hear me uh, okay though? Yeah, yeah, I heard you perfectly fine. Okay. Um, just let me know if I freeze on my side. But essentially, so during uh, apartheid, um, there were there was Bantu education, uh, which was taught to black people, and then there was like you know normal education that was not normal education, the education that was taught to white people, and in those schools. Uh, after um, oh, after nineteen ninety four, basically when we well after apartheid, um, the education system, some of it because remember this is like these are this is kind of like systemic, like it's in the systems and in the curriculum. It doesn't. It's not something that changes overnight. Mm. You're even finding now, like it's two thousand and twenty now. And a lot of the things that were inherited in certain education systems, you still see. So you yeah. still have, for example, Afrikaans taught up until, and don't get me wrong, like there's nothing wrong with, with, with you know, Afrikaans itself. Um, but what I'm saying is like in comparison, if we're talking about equality or decolonization of an education system, that hasn't happened. And you'll find through a number of the protests that have happened in South Africa on a um, university level uh, with fees must fall, uh, where, where students were protesting, yes, high fees, but also the um, to decolonize the education system, the way that things are taught, how things yeah. are taught, yeah. uh, even representation yeah. of teachers. Even if you look at the representation of teachers right now in schools, whether it's your um, your Model C schools to your private schools, there the representation is there is no representation. You would have even found. Um, I mean, I know definitely. Like when I was in primary school, Kosa um, was actually taught by a white teacher. And you'll find you need to ask who are the teachers of color, who are the black teachers. Yeah. How many black teachers are in those schools? How many teachers of, of different uh, race are in those schools? And then what subjects are they teaching? Yeah. That's the other question. Yeah. Are they teaching life orientation and are they teaching the languages or are they actually teaching, you know, the maths and the sciences? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because they are qualified to do so, yeah. but are they getting the opportunity to be in those spaces? Yeah. And I yeah. think one thing that people also often overlook is understanding that representation to see is important representation for the sake of representation that, that that's not the purpose of it it's you need to be able to see if the only if the only way you've ever engaged with a certain race uh, when it even comes to schooling if it was if the people who were black were only ever your cleaning staff like psychologically what does that do to you as yeah, well of course, yeah yeah to be able to see, yes, I had a science teacher that was black. I had a math teacher was, yeah. that was black. Yeah. That's great. The, the, and, and it kind of like takes away the thought that you can only be X or only be Y um, as well. And that's across sectors. That's in every single industry, in every single sector. Yeah. Uh, it comes down to the, the battles we're fighting on race and on gender and on, on being seen and in certain communities. It keeps coming up. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answered the question. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, want, I do have a question. Sorry, quickly, Nigel. Hold you for, okay. Um, were your teachers African born? I mean, South African born? Or were they just like imported from Europe? Because that, that, when you think they're, they're white people, you think 
where they just like, like if you go to Thailand and stuff, the people who are teaching English are always Europeans and never the Thai people. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I'm guessing in Africa, South Africa, you should have um, African people teaching like African history, for example, or African language or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Were they, did you say were they imported? <laughs> were they imported? Yeah. I'm answering to the best of my ability, okay? Um, so no, our teachers were not imported. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I did say imported and not important. <laughs> In, the, thing, the thing is, man, what you got to remember is how can you import someone into a country that speaks a different language from a country that doesn't speak that language? Yeah, well, the thing about it, South Africa is run by the Dutch, wasn't it? A lot. A lot of Dutch influence. So Afrikaans is a language that's English. spoken in both countries and English too, you know? So that's why it's, um, they could just said, okay, we're going to get a load of English people to come over and start educating the Africans, you know? And same with the Dutch. The Dutch went over there and caused loads of problems. Um, and then they're like, yeah, we're trying to educate the African people, civilize them, you know, even though it's all bull crap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, was that a question or a statement? <laughs> <laughs> that was a statement. <laughs> it, it, it was a statement, but it had a question inflection at the end. So I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, uh, um, like I said, so the people weren't brought over to teach you guys. It was basically like um, the, the white African people who were people. teaching you. Yeah, they were like South African whiteboard. Yeah. Yeah, South Africa. All right, cool. Nigel, did you want to say something? Uh, I forgot what it was now. Oh, no. Sorry, I'm uh, going to jump in because oh, obviously. Guys, these are so intense questions. I thought you were just going to ask me, like, what my makeup routine is. Hey, hey, hey. we'll get to that. Uh, hey, the tips now. Share them tips. We've got some serious questions. We try and educate the people. I mean, it is kind of a form of education. I, mean, I, say, like, I mean, if you're looking for, I mean, definitely when it comes to history, I think there is important of importance to listen to discussions and conversations. Yes, mm. but also yeah. just like research as well. And yeah. maybe let's let, let's uh, switch let's switch things up a little bit and let's because you run a a podcast business, don't you? I do. Hallelujah! Something I can answer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what inspired you to start doing a podcast business? Um, so, um, whew, this is not, now I don't know how to answer this question. Because, you know, the, <laughs> I'm always on the other side of these questions. So I'm always prepped. I'm like, I've got my 30 questions. We have to do this. So I started podcasting in 2016. Um, okay. uh, two, I'm lying. I'm a word that I started podcasting in 2018. I've been podcasting right, for right. two years. So August 2018, um, in South Africa, we celebrate um, Women's Day on the 9th of August. And so we have Women's Month in August. And oddly enough, like I, so my background, I have no, my background is in journalism and uh, writing and I've done some TV production stuff, uh, but nothing in audio. But I've always been incredibly passionate about audio and about uh, conversations from my journalism days. And so I think, I mean, it's many things, you know, that brought me to my journey of podcasting. But on the one hand, um, I listened back to some of the uh, conversations that I had recorded and was just like, oh, word, no one's ever going to listen to these conversations. And it's so much better than what <laughs> you can hear the, um, you can hear the emotion and, the, yeah. you know, that, this that you miss when you read something yeah. and then on the other hand I mean I, I, I listened to a number of sermons on 
in podcast form I always have or just listening to the audio and I'd be listening to podcasts and I thought like this is really cool um so that's like on the one hand on the other hand I was having all of these interesting discussions with people in their 20s yeah so um around and it was always around like we found ourselves in this space where we were having quarter-life crises, questioning stuff um, and in different circles of different friendships I found the same theme coming up like oh, wow. we're having crisis and we don't know what to do and we've lost our purpose and who are we in the world yeah. and I kept on saying it'd be so amazing if someone could record these conversations and then I started recording them and I called the podcast in my 20s so that was my first podcast okay. uh, <laughs> And yeah, now I run three podcasts under my podcast company, which is called Teens Way Media. So we still have in my 20s, I'm turning 30 this year. So I'm going to probably start looking for another host soon for that. Um, then I've got uh, my client-based one, which is called This Community. And that's a business-based podcast focusing on marketing. Oh, wow. Uh, that's brilliant. So for you, Nigel, if you, sorry, just quickly. If you're yeah. looking for a host, I'm always looking to leave England. If you're looking for a marketer, Nigel's your man. So you so you run you run three podcasts and yeah. you also have a business which does podcasts for clients as well. So my podcast houses the three podcasts that I run. Yeah. Essentially it's me under a business housing the podcast. And then I, under my, my company, I also do like podcast training. We've just released uh, our first digital magazine, official digital magazine. Yeah, Issue. I saw it. Yeah. Which I've read half of it already. I was yeah. trying to finish it before we got on, but I didn't have the Fantas- time. Fantastic. Oh, good. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a couple of, you've got, some, you've got some time, so don't stress about it. But, <laughs> I mean, the, the thing about podcasting is in the US and the UK, like there is so much information yeah. and mm-hmm and jump on a call or a, yeah. or a Facebook group, like yeah. how we connected and find podcasters in South Africa and even on the rest of the continent, it's so difficult and find yeah. those statistics so difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, while there are these pockets of groups, I'm like, but why don't we just start something where I can be like, where I can promote other people's work, but yeah. also like learn from people. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, I've got a couple of friends who run podcast businesses. And um, yeah, it's a growing, it's a growing market, and um, hence this is why Wayne's doing what he's doing. But yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of the same thing actually. What we're doing here in Black Apocalypse is um, we're trying to get people like you, obviously, because um, what happens when you come into our podcast, you tap into the European market. You know what I mean? And when we go into your podcast, we tap, um, we tap into your South African market. And for me, it's important that we're in Africa. We have a, a presence in places like Africa and uh, Black America, and uh, well, I guess countries where they don't speak English is a bit stupid but sorry sometimes, yeah that's the thing um i think at some point we're a bit further along and down the line then maybe we can offer you know get people to translate the videos but yeah. as long as we don't speak i mean i speak german and i speak some portuguese along with simon um okay. but at the moment we couldn't really do a i could do a pure german which i have done actually i do do a pure german podcast but um yeah, it's uh, one of those things, I guess. The thing is, man, you just focus on the market that is the easiest to hit. So, English all the way. You know what I mean? Unless, well, moment, yeah. unless you're getting a million pounds a month and they say, come translate it into Portuguese. Focus on yeah, that's true. Do, man. You know what I mean? It's a good way to look at it, yeah. Mm. How what long have you guys been 
Sorry? How long have you guys been podcasting for? When, when did it start? Okay. It's about eight months now. So, I mean, it's not the first time. Like, we're, we're kind of like... Well, I've been in the media, media for a long time. I had a radio station for three years, I believe. Was it about two and a half, three years before I went to Brazil. Um, so I've always been doing something in this kind of direction. And now I just decide, decided I'll try to round up the, the few people I knew uh, and know who are intelligent enough. And I said, let's do a podcast. And I kind of like forced them every week to get online with me and do it. So yeah, we're about <laughs> eight months in now. Cool, cool. And how have you guys found it? Like from starting up until now? Uh, it's had his bumps in the road. The biggest thing, um, you've got to, it's about growth, isn't it? And I think, in, in fairness, and Wayne won't want me saying this, Wayne has had his marketing head on. Um, yeah, his, that's the only thing that lacked, he's, isn't it? He's, he's, he's had his creative head on. So what we've done recently is kind of put together a, a strategy which is designed to kind of grow the numbers. Because um, I suppose eight months along, I mean, I don't know what the download numbers are or anything, but I suppose ultimately with a podcast, what you want to be doing is, is turning it into a brand so you can supply merchandise, you can go and get advertisers, um, you know, you can spread a, an important message and it resonates around the world. So yeah. I suppose the long-term goal for any podcast is, is to kind of get there, but uh, as I say, because Wayne didn't have his marketing head on when he started, and because he does about eight podcasts a week. <laughs> three. Four, three. It feels, it feels four, like eight. Yeah, whenever, 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 Nintendo, whenever I give him a list of things to do, he always says, oh, oh, wh when did he send it? <laughs> when, when did he send it? I sent it by email, I sent it by WhatsApp, I sent it by Facebook message. When did he send it? It's like his eyes don't see that. <laughs> you know, I put that down to be exceptionally didactic. <laughs> how, how, I put how it down do you... to forgetfulness because you've got an extra two this week, my friend. What oh, do you God. What do you do regarding your marketing? Because I mean, what what kind of what kind of if you don't mind, what kind of numbers are you getting now? I mean, if you go with what two years, um, are you like in the millions yet or? <laughs> Well, that we don't share numbers like i was like i i i was like i said to people like is this something we, that we do and apparently we don't we don't share numbers i won't share exact numbers but what okay. i will tell you i suppose it's, it's inspiration for us to know that there's, there's a path to go on and there's numbers it, to come it's, it's a tricky thing with numbers here's the thing it's just me and my mom right now listening i'm kidding uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> The interesting things of a thing about numbers is uh, so first of all, understanding that podcast is a niche. Uh, it's yeah. niche. The what you're getting on on television numbers, radio numbers, all of that is you're you're going for like national reach or you know uh, city wide mm. reach, whatever it is, uh, community reach. Uh, podcasting is a niche yeah. uh, medium, yeah. um, and even in a conversation I had with a team in the US, um, they said, it's not important necessarily the size of your audience, but what you do and the engagement with that audience. Exactly. So if you have a hundred listeners yeah. and those are an engaged hundred listeners, 80 of those hundred listeners, uh, if you tell them to subscribe or click like, they click like, mm. they ask them a question, they're engaged. Yeah. That's yeah. 10 times better than yeah. having an audience of 2,000. I mean, not audience of ten thousand. Sorry, <laughs> like like a following of ten thousand. That's that's maybe there by like, but they're not engaged. Yeah, 
Yeah. They might catch one show in every 10 or something, you know. Hey. They might just catch maybe one of your podcasts every 10 shows that you do, or they'll probably never click like in their life, but they, even though they watch and, and listen. Exactly. 100%. 100%. So, so... Yeah, if that kind of makes sense. I mean, although I would love 10,000 followers, like that would be amazing or 10,000, yeah, you know, yeah. um, so you, you, if you, if you've got hundred, like use, use that hundred, find out yeah. information yeah. on hundred because yeah. that's your community and that's where you're going to get information from. Yeah. Back to numbers, your question around numbers. It's all about, it's all about growth. So it's targeted growth. If you're starting yeah. off 10, you, you, you launch your podcast today, you have 10 listens or 10 downloads. Um, and in two months time, you've gotten 20. That's growth. That's 100%. not like, oh, I didn't start off with a thousand. That's, you've, you've grown. You've grown, so man. Absolutely. That as well. Um, yeah, so I'm not exactly gonna answer the question on numbers, but yeah. I will say this. I will say the interesting difference between my two podcasts, between, I can speak specifically to In My Twenties and uh, the podcast sessions, as my approach for them have been very different. In My Twenties, completely organic growth, but it was targeted specifically for people between the ages of 20 and 30. Yeah. So that's already super niche. Yeah. Um, and while the following on Instagram isn't high, the listenership is yeah. almost double, maybe if not more than our Instagram following, which yeah. means yeah. the people who are listening to my podcast aren't necessarily yeah. on social media. They're yeah. listening and have subscribed to yeah. other podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, yeah, because you yeah. can, I mean, obviously you can subscribe to a So for example, our cousin, um, um, uh, Graham, he listens to the, the, the podcast or watches the video every week and he's got, yeah. the, uh, got the podcast on his phone. So, so I know, I, mean, I know of at least three people who like, I'm just on my side who are tuning in every week and listening. But it's just interesting to know because I suppose once you start the journey, I always, because obviously I do a lot of marketing with small businesses. And, and one of the things I always say to people is focus on the end goal. You know, what is the end goal? What, are, what do you want those numbers to look like? What's going to make you go, yeah. And you're right. Most certainly it is about engagement. Um, and that's where you do have content within the podcast, which is going to cause a reaction or, or someone to take an action. But, yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but there's so many ways around marketing. I mean, there's there's like, I mean, yes, making use of video now and putting it on YouTube or uh, writing a short article about it, and yeah. you know, in, um, in your SEO, and that helps. Um, small clips on on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm not super great on on social media. Sometimes I forget that it's there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to post. I created Schedule. a <laughs> scheduling seriously batch content creation and scheduling it will save you time i mean i i set up campaigns for people where they have scheduled their social media two months in advance so oh. because we know what we're going to say we put it all create it all just put it out there and then all you got to focus on ben is engagement but schedule batch content creation and scheduling key key <laughs> everyone i mean when, it's, when it comes to doing it i'm like last minute i work best under pressure I don't. I just leave everything to the last minute. Connect, connect with me later on and, and we'll have a chat sometime later on in the week or, or early next week. Okay. Fantastic. Great. Okay. Okay. Enough with the podcast though because we want to go back to our questions. <laughs> <laughs> You've had the easy time now. Now we're going back into the serious stuff. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, what I want to ask you, yeah, now what I want to ask you in it is because um, 
like obviously we're we're Europeans and we live in Europe. So say for example, I was like curious and to say like I want to move back to the motherland. What would you recommend for me if I said yeah I want to go back to South Africa? What would you recommend? Would you say yeah it's a good idea you should come here it's a great life? Or would you say oh well you know what uh, it's a, you're probably better off where you are right now it's a bit it's too much upheaval and it's not safe crime is up. What would you say? Sure. So, so this is this is quite a layered question when you talk about the motherland because which motherland are you talking about? That's exactly. that's the first question. And what is what does the motherland actually mean to you? And what is your connection to this so-called mother? Where my people are. I want to go where my people are. Where I don't have to look <laughs> quite on the street. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna arrive and just start high fiving everyone and be like, "I'm back, I'm back"? <laughs> you don't know him. That's exactly what he's gonna do. That's exactly what I'm gonna do. You're back from where? Yes. <laughs> A four hundred year absence. I think this is where he's going with this. I suppose. I, I mean, how many countries are in Africa? Sixty-seven. Yeah. So when you say go back to Africa, you actually right, Rutundo. Which part of Africa are you talking what, about? Are you, are, you a North, are you a North Africa person? Are you a Southern Africa? Are you an Eastern? Where's warm? Let me know. Are you on where? Okay, so 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 in in all honesty, like I really South Africa is what we're talking about right now. Love mm-hmm. staying in South Africa. Um, the I have travelled uh, to both places in Europe and been to the US, um, the concept of, you know what you know, that's the thing. Every time I've traveled, I've traveled as a tourist. So I would go overseas and be like, oh, this is great, this is a tourist, but you don't live there. So understanding what it lives to be in a place is yeah. one. Um, I love the, so many elements. We have great weather. Um, <laughs> The snow looks pretty from a distance. We don't get snow. Snow looks great from a distance, but when you're in it, it's like, guys, this is really cool. Like this is not <laughs> I don't do well in the cold as well. So um, the heat is great. People are people are so friendly. Like people are genuinely in comparison to certain places I've been overseas. Africans in general, okay, this is where I'll generalize. Africans in general are the nicest people that you would probably possibly meet as well. Um, yes, depending on which country you go to, variations of niceness. But <laughs> <laughs> there is such a there is such a, a warmth to it's in our culture in our DNA. Africa is Africa is all about community. Being African is about community. Um, in South Africa, they say Ubuntu, which is you know all about it's it's us as a collective. You, even with the way you grow up, you're not raised singly by yourself. It's not, what am I going to get? It's not, how am I going to thrive? It's how do we raise up a community? How do we yeah, build a yeah. community? It takes a, village, takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village yeah. to raise a child. That's really the essence of, of being uh, African, is the community. Uh, I know we spoke about music earlier on, but the one beautiful, I think it's one of the most beautiful elements of being <laughs> oh, I hate saying being African, but it it is because it runs in all of our bones and all of our veins. Is the music element? Yeah. We yeah. Music is a form of not that kind of music. <laughs> oh. Music 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. But music is a form of, like, it's, it's, it's in our DNA, it's in our blood, yeah. it's a form of expression. Yeah. So everything. We sing when, and dance when we are happy. Yeah. We sing when we are in mourning. Yeah. We, yeah. it's just this, this kind of music that you, you know, it's so, it's so interesting here, especially when you go, okay, so in Shona, in, in Zim, you'll go Kamusha. So it's like when you go, when you go back home, home, like to the rural areas, not even the rural areas, but just in general, like when you're in the, within the black communities, people just start singing and the harmonies that come in and you're like, no one teaches you, no one gives you a sheet of paper and says, this is where you sing. Now, when people go low, you go yeah, high. Yeah, yeah. Let us know, let us know, let us know. You know, your body just knows what to do. Yeah. and. It's 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 an emotional experience yeah. that I yeah. but Absolutely. yeah. So why come to, just just come just come just come so come visit and then just you know stay and then just be like oh it's home now. <laughs> I suppose I mean you know I kind of understand what Wayne's saying but I suppose every, every part of the world has got its own set of issues. If you're looking to move to another country, well after two weeks your tourist money's run out. How are you gonna live? You have to get a visa to stay yeah. here. Will people employ you? You're a foreigner in their country. Why should I give you a job and there's a local man here who can do the same? What you know what I mean? So it ain't as easy just saying, yeah, man, let me just get up and move. <laughs> I think there's a lot of planning involved. And with Africa being the, the size of what it is, you know, I suppose the only way you could say your motherland way was if you were to trace your ancestors back to where they got dragged off the boat. Or put on the yeah. boat and say, well, where did they start from? And that's the only way you'd actually say. Because I do know, um, I think it was, was it Ghana? Ghana? Was that a country on the, the West Coast? So that's West where, Coast. Lot, Is it West yeah, so that's where a lot of trafficking went from. But, you know, I, I've, I've seen gardens, I've known a few gardens, I thought, they look like me, man. They look, they look, they've got the same shape head. <laughs> you know what I mean? So maybe I'm gardening by definition. Even though Ghana yeah. wouldn't have been called Ghana, yeah. So, you know what I mean. But yeah. um, it's amazing, man. I, I, I think um, a lot of Europeans have got no idea about Africa. They, 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 they class it as one big country. They don't, yeah. they just don't understand that this, this is like a, a, this is a diverse, multicolored continent which has offers the, the greatest beauty. And yeah. you know that, that's it. <laughs> I think. It, also like your viewpoints on the world. So it's just like, sometimes like it, it, not sometimes it is very like worrisome. It bothers me a lot sometimes to see the images, even today that are yeah. portrayed of various African countries. Yeah. There's poverty in almost every single country you'll go to in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. just you display that. So you hardly ever see the poverty stricken areas of the US, but they are there. There's no, there's like, no. Exactly. But when, when you're talking about certain African countries, like the media sometimes. False narrative. It, False narrative, isn't it? Oh, this is what it is. It must be like that. No, yeah. we have bustling cities. Yeah. We have. Oh, I, um, when I stayed in, um, I think, I can't remember, I think I stayed in just Dubai. And they were showing because I didn't realise how much colour was in Dubai for some reason. I just I just thought it'd be all Europeans. I've gone there and it's it's pure colour, it's beautiful. It's like, oh, oh, and they're working and they're doing their thing and they're making money. But um I was watching one of the channels and it was showing I think it was Niger, I think it was South Africa actually. It was showing the city, one of the cities. And I'm looking, I'm thinking, whoa, the pan skyscraper. Forgot to run them clean. 
Everyone's wearing suits and looking sharp. I'm thinking, hold on a minute. Why aren't they showing more of this when, when, when they portray, you know, yeah. this great continents on? And it's just a false narrative. It's almost, you know, obviously I don't want to go down that Black Lives Matter thing, but, you know, they're, they're, they're still trying to show this false narrative of, yeah, man, we've got to feel sorry for the Africans because they, they can't, you know, they can't do anything like what the, us Europeans can. And the reality is, there's parts of Africa that have moved past Europe now. You know, oh, yeah, past, especially in medicine the, and stuff the, like the, that as well. Medicine, scientists, you, you know, educated people. Um, but unfortunately, we don't get to hear those celebrations as loudly as we should. Usually. We usually get to hear it is when some, some guys from Europe has bought a tr- you know, trademark or copyright over whatever it is that, you know what I mean, yeah. in the first place. And, you know, I'm not just saying that as a, as a you know, we know so well, we've discussed on the show and you've put things on in the group, Nigel, where we've had to start looking through the books and showcasing what black people have done, start celebrating them. Because the truth of the matter is, if you take me, if you took away the civil rights movement in the US and you took away maybe a few high flying um, sort of, uh, well, sports athletes and, and musicians, then who are the black heroes that you actually do know about? You know, we've got Nelson Mandela or Muhammad Ali and these kind of people. Then I'm a bit lost myself and I'm being honest and I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm being naive or ignorant to, to history in general because I know a lot about European history. I know a lot about American history. The point is that it was deliberately not taught to us and it kind of leads me on to what I did want to ask you, Rotendo, about like um, and what Nigel alluded to when he was talking about false narratives, like what is the perception that you have in South Africa of what maybe people from Europe or America think about South Africa and South Africans? Do you, do you think it's a positive thing? Do you do you feel like when you travel that you know when you say you are South African, it's a it's a positive thing, or do you feel like people don't understand or know a lot about South Africa or South African people? Uh, interesting and tricky one. So I guess it also just comes down to the communities or the people who you've surrounded yourself in. So I, I do have family, uh, in both Europe and in the U S. So when I travel to those places, it's not like a, it's the concept of someone coming from South Africa is not like a weird thing. So I do have to, I, one of my memorable, most memorable moments in the US was trying to explain to someone where South Africa was on the map. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, just like, I'm not having that. I think I was just getting upset because she wasn't getting it. She wasn't getting it. She wasn't. Right. Anyway. So, um, They're not the brightest. But, I, <laughs> but you know what, you know what, I, the, the thing is, I mean, coming back to education and stuff, we know a lot about um, and Simon, you're saying it now, like we also know a lot about European history and uh-huh. what our perception of the US are. Um, we haven't been fully taught a lot of, um, well, properly taught South African history and properly taught African history. You don't get taught African history in Africa. African history and no, no, I mean like quintessential African history. Proper African history. Always, I mean, our education, our education was created by by the European. West. So how are they going to tell Africans about African Africa? History? Yeah, exactly. and again, part of like the decolonization of the education systems are like, can we actually just learn our proper true history and legitimately? Yeah. 
and not learn about you know everything that happened overseas. Uh, uh, um, that's really that's a really interesting. And obviously, you can't speak for the whole of Africa, but it would be interesting to to speak to some of the other or someone from some of the other African countries to find yeah. out what they're being taught because you know I I always see African people as being proud because. They come, you know, wherever they go, they know that they can trace their roots right back. Boom, 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 boom. My great, 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 great grandfather yeah. was so and so tribal. You know what I mean, and I think yeah. that in itself, that so much power within that. But it'd be interesting to know, for example, in Nigeria, whether they're taught Nigerian history, or whether it's been kind of because it was a colony, one of, you know, one of the British colonies, whether. Yeah. That, that English history's been mixed up a little bit. And it's, oh yes, we did this for you, and we did that for you, and oh well, you know, ha ha ha. You know, that'd be interesting to find out. Um, but you're talking about so there are two different histories that you're talking about. You're talking about on the one aspect the cultural history, yeah, right. You're taught within your culture, and that is ingrained. Like that, people are very proud about their cultural history. Yeah. What I'm talking about is the history in the history books. Yes. So in terms of like. Why is the first thing, I mean, I mean, I can talk, talk about like South African history when you're, you're taught from the first person who came, who settled in South Africa, but that's not where the start of our history is. Like the, yeah. we should be going way back and that should be way the first back. thing, about, right? So our, our perception of where we come from shouldn't start uh, with the center of the West. It yeah. Start yeah, African absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. And then how much in that history does one go into as well? So uh, also down to the books that we're reading. Like, yes, it's great to know, to know the literature of like, you know, Shakespeare, Shakespeare. and all that stuff. Like, it's beautiful and that's great. But let's, let's get more like African author books into the schools. Again, it comes down to identity. How are you, how are, what is your identity ingrained in if you are not seeing more of yourself in exactly. what What's you're doing? I think the best way to say that maybe is how much of your identity remains after everything that's been done to strip it away. Um, because it has been a very deliberate process, whether that be um, from moving people away from Africa and stopping them from dancing and stopping them from speaking their native tongue and stopping people from being able to read and, and, and basically you indoctrinate them with the, the basically the new set of rules. It's almost like a complete mind reset without the need yeah. of, um, of a, you know, some kind of brainwashing technique. You literally just tell them each and every day, no, your name is now Stephen. And your name, you know, and now you do this and you speak this language and you read these books and, you know, Columbus discovered Americas in, in 1492 and, and so on and so forth. And, and it would be, I think, really interesting. Now we've tried to get your perspective to actually work out, um, you know, in other, not just African countries, but in countries around the world, especially colonized countries, how mm -hmm. their history is taught to them in the modern day. And if it has been updated, because that was something that was really uh, like I say, it was really crucial that I found out from you. Do you learn uh, basically the English curriculum or the UK curriculum, or do you have this, uh, uh, your own curriculum? And what I didn't actually um, yeah. actually envisage was the the fact that you said no, it was actually denied to black people originally. They didn't get the English curriculum; it was actually denied to them. So they had you know African teachers teaching them, you know, African subjects. It's just interesting to see how that may have changed in different countries around the world now, post-colonization. Yeah, yeah. 
There was something I was going to say, but I forgot. <laughs> but well, I I do talk. What I want to add to that is um, I can't believe that they took away our names and more importantly, they took away our religions because I've, I've um, recently become very interested in the true African religion and where our religion is because obviously we're told that Jesus Christ is this dude uh, came from somewhere. Uh, it doesn't even fit the description of the guy who actually came from somewhere. And we've been told this story, and I'm like, hold on, but what a where they? they went to Africa. The guys in Europe went to Africa, and all these African people who worship something, they worship something. Different things in different places, like the same even in the UK, you know, religion before Christianity or Catholicism was it was very uh if you was in the in the southwest of england there was a lot of paganism and and yeah. stuff like that if you went to other parts of the, the country there was other you know they prayed to different things so i think it just depends on again what period in history you're talking about because if you're talking about literally at the point of slavery um which i think you are in that then you know there's going to have been um a lot of religions depending on where you are you just remember the vastness of, of africa in general so like, mm. like Nigel was saying, in Ghana, there would be something probably very different, different. So there would be in South Africa. That's just me assuming, but you've got to remember as well is, you know, all these lovely names that these African countries have been given weren't actually the names that they were to begin with. Exactly. <laughs> so, well, that's the thing, you know, I, I, I suppose if you go far back enough, it probably was one country and it was just right then people lived there they lived there it was other people who come along and said why well, we have to put a bada in there and have a car and actually teeth, uh, my teeth tomato and then keep teeth in my grips so put a bada you know, and you know I, I was gonna say you know africa used to be called um ethiopia and it was like the first that was the original name to africa before they called it africa ethiopia is the first yeah they did yeah. that is that right Facts, man. Facts. Oh, well, I, did you say Ethiopia? Yeah, yeah. I know. So I don't know about that, but I know Azania. Ethiopia is a country. <laughs> it's a country, <laughs> but that was the name of Africa. That was the name of a large portion of Africa, at least. A large portion so, was called I, Ethiopia. I know Azania. I know for the large part, I think, kind of like the southern uh, part of Africa was called Azania. Um, uh, I know. Oh, okay. You're on about the biblical periods. It was Al Kebulan. So oh, so we need to research more before a show. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what I reckon is so, so I did want to just ask something else because obviously we've touched on a couple of deep things, but I did want to ask you about your personal um, music interests. And what sort of music you listen to? Do you listen to a lot of um, South African music, or do you listen to um, a lot of what I would call popular music? You know, US Billboard. I'm not going to say crap, but stuff. <laughs> this is this is like my favorite question to ask. Answer. Thank you so much because I love. I will tell you, I'm such a. I'm such. I wouldn't say it's like a weird taste in music, but it's not the conventional thing of music. I love film scores. If you ever see me behind my computer, best believe I'm blasting a film score, but I'm dancing like I'm in a club, but I'm dancing to like film scores and I'm dancing to like all this classical music. And like, it's, it's wild sometimes for me because it's, it's a jam. Like that is, 
the music that speaks to my soul is yeah. like orchestral arrangements, film scores. There's just oh, some. Oh, yes, yes. Oh. You must love Hans Zimmer then, like these, these kind of people. <laughs> It's 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 magical. I mean, obviously, I I do listen to. I mean, obviously, there's the commercial music. You know, knowing the hits because when eventually one does go out, you also want to sing along. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be the person just yeah. You also want to be lyricing with people. So I do listen to a lot of commercial commercial music. Um, I love Afrobeats. Like, that is really cool. Seriously, man, that's the best secret that come out of Africa in the last 10 years. When I started hearing Black Coffee and people like that, I was like, hold on a minute, where have these guys been hiding? Why have <laughs> they not Why have they not showed me this music before? And trust me, if I go through my phone now, it's full of um, uh, um, albums from African artists, South African yeah. artists. It's like, that's, that's me, man. I feel yeah. that music because they put in elements of tribal like original kind of beats, you know what I mean? I can, I can see them dancing to it, man, just like doing their thing, man, because they're happy. <laughs> Seriously, man. <laughs> beats, man. Yeah, yeah it. no, it's a gem, it's a gem. Yeah. But that's in a nutshell, yeah, pretty much, pretty much me. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, then we'll probably wrap this up. We would love to get you back on so we can do a part two of this. Um, Amazing! You have to wait a couple of weeks though, because we're really. I'm, 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 I'm going to find you on Facebook now, Retendo. <laughs> you have to wait Retendo. a couple of weeks, unless I can get these guys to do a second show, man, which is like hard and getting, I don't know, finding a needle in the haystack. Um, <laughs> but it's been it's been very informative, and I'm thankful for everything you can give us. You know, you blessed us with information and stuff that we didn't know. I hope so, uh, some of, I hope it, for those things, I mean, because, you know, you, you know, you always get people who are like, actually, what she said was incorrect. I'm kidding. Um, most, of it, <laughs> most of it was actually correct. The thing is, your experience is based on where you are and how you've lived and the countries you've been to. We could get a guy on from Morocco next week and he might say completely different things to you based on his old reality, what he's going through. So... It's yeah. nice. It's been nice because I have met a few white South Africans in my time. Um, I've met a lot of Zimbabweans, um, but it's it's really nice to kind of meet a black South African. And um, sounds like you got things going on over there, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Good man. It's positive, man. Doing well, man. Good to hear. Good yeah, to man. hear. Anyway, um, anyone got anything? Uh, let's start with our guest today, Rotendo. Have you got anything to promote? Anything you want to say? Uh, of course, always, always. Uh, what am I going to promote? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, first of all, I would love to say that I thank you guys so much for this. So this is really funny. Not really funny, but this is like my first time that I've been interviewed on someone's podcast. Um, so it's been really cool. <laughs> I realize that I'm so interesting. That's good. But <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. Um, and yeah, you guys, this is so great because also, like, I also just speak to a number, like, I never also just have like all guys set up. This feels like a panel, like, I feel like I could just join your team, I'll just be the person who's here, you know, just throws a bunch of think about it, team talk, think about it. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, might, there might be a space, I mean, there's always a space open always, if you want to come and join us, believe me, if you want. I've got so many ideas. I'm looking for creative <laughs> people to join the join, join the movement. 
It's all about about collaboration. Yeah. 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 Um, But thank you guys so much. And then I guess the only promotion thing that I would just throw out there is um, the podcast session digital magazine. I would love just, we're trying to just build a community around it so people could subscribe, download it. We're not going to like spam people's inbox once a week. It's literally going to be once a month that we're like, hey, we're releasing a podcast uh, magazine. Uh, and if people want to contribute, then it's definitely, it doesn't matter where you are in your podcast journey, whether you're starting, we would love to like read about your, your starting journey or if you're advanced and you want to talk about something specific, please do. Um, you can just follow me at the podcast sessions. Uh, I think awesome. I might be like... Yeah, we're going to post in our group and try and get some more people to be involved in it. And obviously, you're gonna, we're going to be involved in it, of course. And I guess Simon's also going to be involved in it with his side project. So, yeah, man. And Simon, do you want to string on? Um, yeah, well, yeah, I just wanted to just thank you again, Ritendo, for coming on. I think you've sort of illuminated... Uh, yeah, definitely illuminated the room and shed a lot of light on a few things. I, I definitely agree with Al Stalio that we need a part two. Um, we've definitely enjoyed having you on. Um, and I think what's happening in general over here is people are focusing a lot more now on Africa, but not in the traditional sense where it's just all, you know, um, advertisements that are just not even advertisements, but charity appeals and stuff. People are starting to look at Africa in a different way. And I think what would be really positive um, it's like like these guys said is if we can start to uh, have a little bit look closely into each other's communities and and just see where that leads us and that's an interesting journey so nothing business wise to promote I just want to um, just yeah promote collaboration and unity between us and as Alstalia would say the motherland <laughs> motherland I'm going to my motherland the motherland is I just want to say on a quick sorry finishing note about the motherland. Al Stalio spent six months in Brazil and the thing that he probably felt straight away was that connection to be around black people. So I think it's just feeling like he's around people who um, who share the same values and thoughts as, as he does and that. So, yeah, man, yeah. Got all, that all, nice. all the people in the world, man, let's give a shout out to our, our black people who have been really struggling, man, and getting a rough deal, man. Let's celebrate it instead of uh, discriminate, eh? Yeah. Nigel? Rutendo. 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 <laughs> Thank you, all, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was good to speak to you. Definitely um, insightful. Um, so much more to speak about. I've, um, I've, I've hooked, I've, I've friend requested you on Facebook. So we'll carry on the discussion, man, around marketing and what you're doing. I'll tell you what we're doing. And if you can rise together, so be it, girl. So be it. <laughs> all right, man. Thanks, guys. Like I said, we always dance out to the track a little bit, but I won't leave it running the whole time. Remember, keep listening to the Black Opera's Podcast Media. We've got the series coming up, the mini-series. We've got the, the podcast, Living in Germany, Family Affair, and this one. And yeah, man, we're doing a lot of stuff. And we're going to get her on full-time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely yeah. included, girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'll see you guys next week, yeah? Nice one. All right.